0: There's not enough coaches out there that are putting on their teacher caps and putting on their psychologist caps and knowing that those are two humongous parts of the game. You are listening to the hottest podcast in the game. This is the Thought Force Podcast. Get ready; it's time to get in the zone. In the zone. Here's your host, Eddie Salcedo. Play ball.
1: Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the Thought Force podcast. From the bottom of my heart, I just want to say thank you to all of you guys who have been listening to the recent episodes. Um, you know, I've 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 gotten a lot of love and support lately uh, for the episodes, and I just want to thank you guys that have been listening to the to the podcast. Um, and for you guys that are, that are new to the podcast, welcome. I hope you enjoy this episode. And uh, if you guys take any valuable information out of uh, any of the podcasts, please make sure to subscribe. Uh, Give us a rating on Apple podcasts or whatever platform you're, you're on. And that'll help us get to as many people as possible. So please make sure to subscribe, rate and share with your friends. Hope you enjoy the podcast. What is up, guys? Welcome into the Thought Force podcast, and today I have Mike Nassissi here, um, and he is the creator of Breathe Baseball. Thanks for coming on, Mike. Hey, no problem,
0: Eddie. Glad to be here.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's awesome to have somebody that really cares about the mental game a lot, and I know that, you know, you run Breathe Baseball, and I want you to first take me through what came into the, you know, coming up with the name of Breathe Baseball.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I think it—it's the beginning. You know, it's the beginning for me. It's my why to why we named it Breathe Baseball. You know, I think Breathe Baseball is a simple—it's a simple, you know, thing where you think, all right, you're you're you breathe baseball. You're passionate about baseball. That's uh, that's definitely a no-brainer for me. Um, But for me, it, it has a lot to do with breath. It has a lot to do with breathing, and it has a lot to do with the psychology of of you know how our brains work and how the pressure you know that's that comes about with baseball and comes about with life you know i i thought about just consciously did i have much coaching in this area did i have much thought to this area did i really consider you know the breathing um the inhaling the exhaling the the focal points you know did i use this as a skill did i have it as a skill and i think it was when i first watched ken revisa on e60 with evan longoria um it's a video I still have saved on my computer. Um, must have come out maybe 2010, eleven, something like that. but you can easily see it on YouTube. And after watching that video and watching Evan Langoria kind of go through his routines that he had with Revisa and just listening to Revisa speak, it, it, cha- it changed me. It changed my thought process and it, and it made me have flashbacks back to my last at bat as a college player where I can remember at Rockin Community College. Um, sophomore year. We're in the, the regional um, tournament. We had already won our conference, so we had gotten the opportunity to play UConn Avery Point, um, who's a UConn's prep, prep uh, school in uh, Connecticut, and then we got to play uh, Brookdale, which is a good community college in New Jersey, and I remember this last at-bat when I had an opportunity to you know, get a big RBI. I can remember that Belt high, letter high fastball, inside fastball. It was my pitch that I can, you know, hit a double, triple home run on, and I just, I just missed it. I remember pop, popping out to left field, and just one of those major league uh, fly balls, and you know, rounding first, going, you just, you just miss hitting that three run home run to, you know, send your team into the college world series. And you know, that's when I had that flashback. I had the flashback when I, when I just finished watching this Evan Longoria video, thinking. I didn't have any of those deep breaths. I didn't have that ability to to step out of that box and to slow the game down and be a little bit more calm in that moment, be a little bit more mentally prepared and relaxed in that moment to to maybe take that pitch out of the ballpark. And that's when Breathe Baseball was born, you know, realizing that this is something that I, I want to teach kids. Um, you know, I think even going to school in California, I was – I was, you know, re- rewarded some unbelievable yoga classes, you know, at Chico State that just were part of, you know, the phys ed uh, curriculum out there. And, uh, and I think, you know, taking those yoga classes, you know, learning how to meditate um, and it's hard, you know, even, even still to this day, 35, it's hard to shut that mind off and to shut that brain off, but it's, it's important to do it even for a minute at a time, uh, two minutes at a time, five minutes at a time. So, breathe. Baseball was born with that, and then yeah, it uh, it sounded good. It looked good, and people liked it. and uh, And it had mental, you know, many many meanings. You know, there's many meanings behind it.
1: For sure, I love that, and I think that the breath is such a principle of of a lot of things, mental game, because it can really allow you to come back to the present moment. It can be a distraction from other things going on in your brain, um, and I, I love the name, kind of reminding kids that, like you said, it could be the passion for the game, but it can also be, you know, slowing the game down.
0: Yeah, I really and, communicate. It's a, it's a secret weapon. You know, it could, be, it could be a secret weapon for all you guys to be able to be your best, you know, because we, we are always on, you know. So to be able to turn off allows you to relax. It allows you to, to eliminate some of those anxieties that, you know, kids deal with, young adults deal with athletes deal with in those precious situations and, you know, adults deal with, you know, all human beings. So I think, you know, uh, parents, you know, parents, parents love it too, but it's, it's easier said than done, you know, and I tell, I tell, I tell uh kid, I, I don't tell kids this, but I'll tell, I tell adults, I tell young adults this that are kind of trying to figure out, um, you know, adulthood, you know, you, you kind of transition from, you know, you're in that process too, you know, you're in your young twenties, you're in your mid twenties, upper twenties, thirties, you know, when do you become an adult really? You know, and I, and I learned this from my aunt um, that, you know, adults are just, you know, kids, you know, pretending to be adults. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you know, we're all, we're all the same, you know, we're still the same person we are, but you just got to continue to develop and you got to continue to, you know, better yourself and to have, have these mindsets, the same things we're teaching these kids, you know, a lot of parents can learn from us, you know, a lot of kids can, you know, and, and a lot of, you know, young adults can learn from the same things we're teaching these 10, 11, 12 year olds.
1: Love that. I want to dive into teaching the mental game to younger players. I know you work with players that are 10, 11, 12, 13 years old. Um, and I know there's a lot of coaches out there that really know the mental game is an important part of of baseball, but they're not exactly sure how to implement that into uh, their younger teams because, you know, they know how to hit ground balls. They know how to hit fly balls to these kids, but they do not necessarily know how to teach and implement the mental game. So can you dive into how you go about teaching the mental game specifically to your younger teams?
0: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head that there's a lot of baseball coaches out there that absolutely love baseball, And they love to coach and they love to hit fungos and they love to make the lineup cards and they love to, uh, you know, get some W's, but you know, there's not enough coaches out there that are putting on their teacher caps and putting on their psychologist caps and knowing that those are two humongous parts of the game. You know, I think for me, I was lucky enough to have some great uh, psychology teachers at and Community College where I was, I was this close to majoring in psychology you know my uh, abnormal psychology teacher and my intro to psychology teacher you know my intro to psychology teacher was great at just telling me uh telling the whole class to you know all you guys need to wake up and smell the coffee is what he communicated to us and that was just simply you know you know realizing how lucky we all are and how grateful we are you know and how we need to be grateful you know how for how lucky we are and and this goes to, you know, this is this, you know, I, and this is even at 18, 19, 20, you know, realizing that, wow, you know, I need to really, uh, you know, tell my parents how much I love them and appreciate them and, you know, realize how lucky I was. And it was same thing growing, going through some of those abnormal psychology classes, you realize how much could go, you know, off track, you know, in terms of the development of the mind and the development of a young child and human being. And then it was my abnormal psychology teacher that told me, listen, don't, don't major in psychology. Um, You know, go, go become an educator. You know, I think he probably could, maybe he could see it in me. Maybe he saw the teacher and the educator in me and he didn't want me to get uh, strapped into uh, going to get my doctorate and going to become a psychologist, therapist, whatever it was. But he gave me some great advice and it ended up, you know, sending me on my way to become a, a baseball educator, a fitness educator a mental game educator. Um, but I think a real big importance is, is, the, is the tone that you're de- delivering messages to young kids. I think the young mind is very fragile, you know, so I think it's important to, to use the right tones with kids, to, you know, really express to the children and to the young players that failure is okay, failure is part of the game. Um, constructive criticism, all these things are going to be part of, you know, being, um, you know, an athlete and being a young player. So you have to figure out, you know, I can't just, you know, berate the young players. I have to really figure out how can I deliver these messages so that they won't break, you know, because I think there's too many, there's too many loud coaches out there that are screaming, hooting and hollering. So I think for us, just, Getting on the same level, you know, I think for all of us, you know, we try to communicate a lot of love to these players. We're trying to let them know that this is more than just we want you to be the best you can be. You know, we, we care about you. You know, we, we, this is, this is, this is a love thing. This is a care thing. And once they figure those things out, you know, that you care about them and you're not here to yell at them, you're really here to provide some really, Cool mental skills, you know, physical fitness skills, baseball skills, in every in every area of the game. Then they'll start to trust you, you know. And it's and it's kind of the you, you know you have to become uh, trustworthy. You have to become friend friendly, you know. And it's not about necessarily being their friend or being their best friend, but knowing that you are an ally, you know. And we are in we are in this together. And I think those are the things that I had to. You have to learn, you know. I coached college baseball for six years. But it took me time. You know, my six years coaching college baseball, you just want to coach, 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 teach, teach, teach. But if there's not that trust and relationship and that care, then they will shut you out. You know, they'll shut off and they won't listen to all those, you know, golden nuggets that you may have with mental or physical or baseball for sure. That's, that's a decent answer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was great. Um, And that reminds me of actually one thing that I was uh, DMing a guy about is earlier today is he was asking me, how do you keep players humbled? And you know, that, that idea of it's more than just a game kind of love your players as a coach. And this really reminded me of, of what I answered him with, with that question. And it was, regardless of how you do on the field as a player, it doesn't define who you are as a person. And I'll say that again. It, you, regardless of your results on the field, it does not define who you are as a person. You know, if you go four for four with four bombs, you aren't a better person than if you went 0 for four with four strikeouts. You know, it, it, being able to separate those two things, results from who you are as a person, not only makes kids better teammates and better people overall, but it also takes the pressure off what they're doing on the field. And in the long run, those results usually tend to be better when you take the, the pressure off the results. And that, that was one thing that you kind of reminded me of when you said, you know, love the players. It's more than, more than just, you know, what happens on the field. We want them to trust you. And then from there, then the results on the field will come uh, next. So, so I really, really love what you said there. Um, the the next thing I want to jump into is I know you, you played, uh, you played baseball in college and I want you to take us through how the mental game, how you implemented the mental game as a player and how you wish you would have changed it now that you're a coach.
0: I think a lot, you know, I think that's without a doubt a why behind this is I feel like I didn't have I didn't have what I'm providing to, uh, young, you know, young players as young as, you know, 10, 11 or 12. I didn't, I didn't have it at, you know, 18, 19 and 20, you know, when I was in college and I wish, you know, I wish I had a mental coach. I wish I had a a mentor. I wish I had, um, you know, I wish I had maybe a facility like breathe baseball and coaches like, you know, myself that were, you know, really pouring and providing, you know, um, everything that they knew as well as just that, uh, that student of the game mentality from the coach that, you know, you need to make sure that you're a student, you know, and so if, you know, if you, if, if I was lucky enough to have a coach who was a student of the game and was giving me the right, you know, the right medicine, you know, it would have been, it would have been awesome. So I think what I would, I, I don't even remember. I don't remember even having, you know, having routines. I remember, I remember it all being physical. You know, I don't, I I can't remember any of the stuff that, you know, I would implement now, now that I'm a coach, you know, the things I would implement back in my playing days would be, I think a lot more routines. You know, I think I would, I would provide a lot more physical routines to help me feel more mentally prepared by providing these physical routines. Before, uh, before I even got to the field, and then pre, pre-game routines, understand the, the importance to the routine, and then I think finding more time to, to close my eyes and to visualize how the game was going to go, you know, visualize my first at-bat, um, visualizing you know visualizing how things were going to go and what position I thought I was going to be playing in. Or even, you know, like my freshman year in college when I wasn't a starter and I played seven positions, um, you know, visualizing where, where I was going to help the team that day. You know, I think even even as a young player, that was the first time I had really ever been benched as a freshman, you know, and I didn't know, I didn't know how to handle it. You know, I didn't know how to really take that as, okay, what's, you know, what's the blessing in disguise? All right, you could help the team in any position um at any point in the game, you know whether it be planned sub or whether it be a surprise injury sub. You know, and I think back to my freshman year and I got to play every infield position and two outfield positions and then I eventually got to become the team's closer and I didn't take it I didn't take it seriously, you know. I didn't I I did a great job as the team's closer, but I could have done better. You know, I did a great job as being a defensive, you know, replacement at every infield position and in the outfield and being a pinch runner and the times that I got to start games at certain infield positions or outfield positions, you know, I wasn't really ready to seize, to seize the moment, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think these are all the whys behind why breathe baseball is, you know, is what it is and why I'm so passionate is because, I wish, I wish I would have provided these things to myself or I wish I would have had, you know, somebody like myself providing these things.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And I think that especially, you know, like you are doing already kind of implementing it into the younger kids, you know, the younger, the younger you teach the mental game, the more it becomes a habit and a routine to these kids and the bigger, the difference it'll make when, when you're in high school, you know, I like to think of it as almost like an exponential difference where the younger you are, you start doing it a little bit, a little bit, and then they realize the difference it makes by the time they're in high school, they already know, you know, how to control their minds and know the difference, the importance of it and the difference it makes when, when they're at the high school level is so much bigger than if they started at high school. Now, don't get me wrong if you start Yeah, in high I think school. you're right. I think it's harder.
0: You know, it's harder to really have things stick if you're just starting in high school, if you're just starting in college, you know, because you, these habits, whether they be good habits or bad habits, they get concreted. You know, they start to get concreted by high school and college. For you sure. You know, I think even reading, you know, going back to Derek Jeter's, you know, uh, biography or autobiography, you know, you know I, that contract, that contract that Derek Jeter wrote to his mother and father, you know, sticks, it sticks with me to this day. You know, so I think we try to we try to have these kids write down, you know, write down things that they've got to hand to people, and you know, that can help hold them accountable.
1: That's awesome, yeah. And I think, um, you know, it, don't get me wrong. Even if you do start in high school, that's a great thing. You know, it's better to start at some point than than never. Um, but I think obviously the earlier, the 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 bigger the difference it'll make. Um, and I know you talk with your kids about goal setting and and kind of how to, you know, have your goals set for the season, for the offseason. How do you go about teaching your guys to write down goals? Is it basically what do they want to accomplish and that's it? Or, or is it a little bit more elaborate than that?
0: Yeah, we have to, you know, we have to break it down, I think. Um, and I think the gratitude, you know, gratitude lists help, you know, because a lot of times you want to figure out what, what is it that we're thankful for a lot of times it's those same things that they're thankful for that, you know, are, have to do with their goal, you know, have to do with their goals, you know, and they need, they need to know the whys behind why they're grateful for these things and the whys behind these goals and short-term intermediate long-term, you know, is one way I think they, they struggle with, I think they struggle with uh, short-term, short-term goals. You know, I think it's easier for them to put some big, long-term goals on that on that board, but they struggle with short-term and intermediates. So we try to do, you know, um, some short-term and intermediates. You know, we try to put some "whys" behind these goals. Like, why do you want to do that? You know, so there can be some more ammunition behind. You know, oh, that that is a pretty good reason. You know, that mm-hmm. I might want to do this more than I'm currently doing it. Gotcha. And, and I think the other thing is, you know, I think it helped me. I forget where I saw it. You know, it was probably just some personal development thing I saw. But I think helping, you know, break it into categories. So we try to break it into categories. Um, let me see if I have. Yeah, I've got the categories right here. So you can even, yeah, you can even see this is one of the kids, you know, that we just had filled out on Monday uh, last uh, two weeks ago, and we break it down to health goals. Family and friend goals, career goals, or, you know, big dream goals, uh, spiritual goals, which, you know, uh, they have a tough time with unless they're currently going to church or, you know, doing stuff like that. Uh, me personally, I didn't, I didn't, my, both my parents were hippies. They were raised, um, Italian Catholic and Irish Catholic, you know, one went to the nuns' school and the other one, you know, went to Catholic school uh, the Italian Catholic school, but not nuns. And, uh, and they both decided not to raise us in church. Um, but you know, still, you know, as I've gotten older, I, I am very spiritual and, you know, I believe in, you know, a lot of stuff, you know, I don't know all the answers and the, you know, the whys behind stuff, but there's definitely uh, some stuff that I believe in. And a lot of my spiritual goals just have to do with, you know, meditation and taking personal time and, um, taking time for myself. Um, you know, even spiritual goals for me are playing baseball, to be honest. Uh, you know, I, uh, got to play eight games last summer, the summer prior to that, I got to play two games, you know, maybe before that I might've had a summer where I played zero games. Um, but I truly, when I work out like fitness, like I just got an hour and a half workout, probably a half hour flexibility session. I it, I don't turn off. You know, I'm still thinking about breathe baseball. I'm still thinking about business. I'm I'm just always thinking about breathe baseball. Um, but when I play baseball, it is it's it's amazing. It's it's one of the only times I stop thinking about everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just um I just love I just love it. And I and I, I'm 35 and I want to play hardball till I'm 50 and then maybe I'll retire to the softball diamond at 51. <laughs> But, you know, I love to stay around the failure of the game. You know, I love to stay around the failure of the game. I think it's one thing that coaches that do retire and stop playing hardball and stop striking out and stop making errors and stop, um, you know, know, having home runs hit off them, it's – it, it is. You, you, get, you get far removed from the game. You know, when mm-hmm. you stop playing and you're only coaching and you, you, you get on your players and you hold your players accountable and you're tough on your guys, and for me, it's always tough love, but you gotta be, you got to be tough loving your guys. Sometimes you get, you get so far removed that you don't realize that you forget. You forget how hard this game is, and that's why I love playing. But like I said, it's the only time I turn off. You know, so truly playing baseball, like really playing a game, nine innings, seven innings, whatever I'm lucky enough to play, is therapeutic for me, and it's like meditation for me and it and it takes me back to when I was uh, twelve or thirteen or sixteen or even though i'm thirty five I mentally still feel sixteen that's kind of one of the that's my inner my inner age <laughs> um, and then the last one is fun and hobby goals so fun and hobby goals you know same thing with uh family and friends you know it's a very important you know and it's same thing with being a business owner and working every day is you have to find time to, um, have a little fun yourself. Um, and you got to find time to spend with family and friends at this point. I mean, I, I've got the, uh, big family cousin, um, zoom call tonight. Oh boy. (laughs) You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't normally be down for the murder mystery game that we're going to play tonight but you know I know it's important I know it's important to to hop on this zoom call with my family and my cousins and my sister and brother and and my fiance will be with me on on our side and uh, it's important you know it's important they, they you know just like common common sense that it's all about the people you know and, and it's the it's the people it's the relationships it's the memories that's what we are you know that's what this is all about
1: yeah of course and I, I want to kind of dive a little bit deeper into you mentioned that there's short-term intermediate and long-term goals what would you say is the time period for like the short-term goals intermediate goals and the long-term goals
0: um i would say short-term we're breaking down to like a day or like a weekly schedule Mm -hmm. and then intermediate probably you're getting into that you know after a week you know into that two weeks three weeks four weeks you know maybe up to the most two months or three months, something like that. But then, you know, I think long-term gets into the, you know, half a year from now, a year from now, one year, two years, five years, 10 years, 20 Mm -hmm. years. Um, Even a fun exercise is to, is to write uh, your gravestone a hundred years from now. And, you know, what do you want to be written on that gravestone a hundred years from now?
1: I love that. And I think that's a very powerful thing to think about, you know, once it's all said and done, what do I want to be remembered for? And am I doing my short-term goals to line up uh, to those long-term goals? And I was, uh, I was talking with Tyler Gillum the other day, and he, he said something that was very powerful. And he said, if a, a stranger were to look at your short-term goals, like you said, a daily to weekly basis, and they didn't know anything about who you were, would they be able to guess your long-term goal? And and that's really a very powerful thing because I think in order to, to get to you that, repeat, long, that
0: re- repeat that for the people, that's a good one.
1: Yeah. I, you, you know, if, if a stranger walks in and sees your short-term goals on like you said, a daily or a weekly basis, are they going to be able to guess your long-term goal? And I think that's, that's very, very powerful because you know, if, if you're, if it doesn't match up, then you're just, it's just hope at the end of the day, it's not a true plan to get there. Um, and I think you have to be very honest with yourself. If a stranger were to walk in and see your short-term goals, would they be able to guess your long-term goals? And I think being very brutally honest with yourself, you might have to adjust some of the short-term goals or your long-term goal, um, to, to really be able to get the most out of that goal setting, uh, process. But I think that's a very powerful thing to always keep in mind and not cheat yourself because at the end of the day, if you're, you're not doing the goal setting thing as well as you should, the only person you're cheating is yourself. I mean, nobody else. Yeah. I think you
0: hit the nail on the head with the most important part about the mental game and all this stuff is, is you have to be honest, you know, you have to be honest with yourself. Right. And that is that is the hardest thing to do. I think, you know, I think the hardest thing to do is to look yourself into mirror and say, you know, what, you know, what do I have to do to improve, you know, and you have to, and you have to stare at those weaknesses and you have to stare at those imperfections, you know, and, you know, I think that's something that not everyone's willing to do, you know, and, and, and and I will admit that, you know, most people don't like it, but you, you know, it's, it's imperative to goal setting and it's imperative to the mental side to maximize, you know, your,
1: your potential. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think being realistic with yourself is one of the most, it's really a skill. I mean, it's very difficult to truly look at yourself in the mirror and be able to honestly evaluate yourself. And I'm not saying you can't be optimistic and tell yourself, like, if I really work hard, I can get to this place. But at the same time, you, you can't be saying you're going to make it to the major leagues and working out twice a week and playing baseball once a week. Like that's just not going to happen. Um, it is, you know.
0: That's the that's the that's the facts. You know, once you look at those short-term goals, you're going, nah, these don't line up.
1: Right, right. And I think that's, like I said, that's one of the biggest keys to that goal setting, goal setting kind of frame is to see yourself honestly. And like I said, you can use that example to kind of keep your goals in check to make sure they're really lining up towards the same goal. But Mike, I know we're running out of time here. I always like to end the podcast with, the, with a very similar question. And it is, if you were, if you could go back in time to when you were a player, what would be the one advice you would give your 15, 16, 17 year old self? It's a good question.
0: You know, I think one one piece of advice that I try to give, you know, anybody and everybody, you know, when it comes to breathe baseball and, you know, how we got started and how we have continued and how we will continue is uh, just the concept of it's not about how many times you fall, it's about how many times you get up. That That perseverance aspect is just the continuing to – plug and plug. I mean, our, our motto here is breathe and grind, you know, just a simple little motto to, you know, get up, you know, dust off your back, take a deep inhale, get a good exhale, Um, smell the flowers, blow out the candle, and then get right back to grinding forward, you know, continue to, to move forward, you know, and I think the advice that maybe I would give myself as a 15, 16, 17 year old player Um, it would be hard to just give them one piece of advice. You know, I would probably need a week to a month, you know, to to hammer home, you know, this stubborn, cocky, you know, egos too big, you know, fixed 15, 16, 17 year old self that didn't get it, you know? And I tell this to my players and to my parents all the time that I did not understand the importance of working on my own. You know, I didn't, you know, I, I did not utilize my time to maximize, you know, my time out of team practice, you know, Mm -hmm. team practices. I was doing some stuff and even, you know, even when I was at college, you know, maybe I was doing some my own workouts, but I didn't know what to do. I was doing football workouts. You know, I, I just did not get it, you know? So I think trying to, Slap myself in the face with some truth, you know, to to try to really redirect the work ethic. You know, I think I I, re, I rely too much on my natural athleticism, too much on my natural abilities. You know, and it took me to where it took me, but I wish I would have understood the the little little things. You know, and I think all of those same things, the the human characteristics of, you know, realizing how lucky I was to have these athletic skills, you know the great the gratitude that I would have had for that, and then saying, all right, well, this is god given this is stuff that my parents have given me, God has given me. I need to make sure that I live up to that potential you know and that's what I'm trying to do now as a human being and a son and a you know future husband and a brother and a coach and a teacher and you know a business owner i'm trying to you know do it now, but i wish I wish I would have been able to have that conversation with myself, you know, 19 years, the future and say, this isn't, this isn't what it's going to take. You know, it's going to take 10 times more than you think, you know, you think you're doing enough to be a good college player to potentially play professional baseball, you know, but you're not, you know, you know, and I think that's what I would tell, you know, a lot of kids, even, even within our organization, you know, like I say, we try to be, you know, very careful with our tone and careful with the the tough love that we're given but you know some of the my favorite things can sometimes rub people the wrong way you know hashtag you're not that good hashtag Mm -hmm. no one cares hashtag do it again hashtag let's see you tomorrow you know those are all the things that need to be that need to be done this is you know this is this is a daily grind and it takes it takes the daily grind whether you're a coach or whether you're a player and you need to get after it every single day thank you for listening to the thought force podcast